This week's episode of That Record Got Me High is brought to you by Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow started out as a comic that ran in the Tallahassee, Florida college paper, The Florida Flambeau, in 1991. After running a number of strips, the editor became infuriated with the content of the strip, finding it inappropriate for the readers of a college paper. After a strip of a bachelor party, where Barney Rubble was killed after an argument with a pimp, ITT was no more. Luckily, many of these early strips that survived are available on the isthistomorrow.com website in the archives. Eleven years later, Kelly Shane called Woody Compton to resurrect the strip on the internet, where they would be free from editorial interference and the restrictions of traditional printing. Using the internet to host the strip allowed ITT to use color, optical illusions, anaglyph 3D, and other experimental techniques without the high cost of four-color printing. In the past 15 years, Is This Tomorrow has appeared weekly, though the format has changed through the years. The current strips are in full color and focus on current events and the absurdity of modern life. Many of the strips in the archive cover genres such as science fiction, satire, horror, biography, humor, and true crime. ITT has no paywalls and no fees required to enjoy. So make ITT the second window open on your computer at work that you minimize when your boss walks up to your cubicle. IsThisTomorrow.com and associated merchandise on Society6.com forward slash IsThisTomorrow. That's IsThisTomorrow.com. You got to count us in? Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. Here we are. Another episode of That Record Got Me High. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. And we have a special guest. We do. We have a guest today, my good friend, Gary Messick. Welcome, Gary Messick. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I kind of cut, cut you off. That's okay. That's okay. So tell us, Gary, who are you? Why, why do we have you on this yeah, podcast? That's, that, what makes you important? You know, it's funny. <laughs> I was asking myself that very question. Yeah, people ask us all that question they about ask, a who lot the hell? Who do you yeah. guys think you are right. to do this podcast? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you guys have have musical backgrounds, though, and you know we do, but you do like too. Yeah, Not first, like you guys. Do. Well, I was telling Barry though, the first time I met uh, Gary was when I moved back down to Florida in like 1990, and he was like, after hearing of, that butthole surfer song, he was compelled. <laughs> back to, moving, right. to Florida. <laughs> moving to Florida. Like, oh right. shit! I forgot how great it was. Sort of. Um, so, yeah, so I met Gary. We both answered an ad, like a music ad, because I was looking to play music, and Gary was too. But it ended up, we realized we were both sort of the same. We were both singer-songwriters, <laughs> and neither of us were that great guitar players, so it was it would be bad to have us both in a band because you just yeah. have two mediocre guitar players. Well, you were better than me. Well, that's been <laughs> done. That's definitely been done. I guess. but we could, so, You want to name names? But no, we're not. <laughs> Uh, so we we stayed friends. We've been friends ever since, but not uh, not bandmates. But we right. stayed uh, we stayed friends. I was at the very first Holy Terrors gig. Wow. Oh yeah, that's right. You were. Yeah, yep. Gary was a big Holy Terror. I feel like. Tell me if this is true. I've, just real quick. I've always felt like you were more disappointed that the Holy Terrors never did anything than I was because I always felt you thought you thought oh these guys are going to be big. They're going to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> But he, I, he believed in you, and he was disappointed. He was bitterly disappointed when nothing happened. You no, I really thought, love. you know, I thought it was like preordained, or predestined to happen somehow. And uh, <laughs> that's usually uh, the bands that don't make it when yeah. you have that feeling. Just right. so we're, I yeah. guess so. I well, know. anyway, we're not we're not here to talk about crushed dreams. We're, we're here not. To, we're here to talk about <laughs> a, record a record that Gary Gary picked out. And what, what's the record, Gary? Uh, it's Pure Pop for Now People by Nick Lowe. 
All right. That's right. And this is the American version of Jesus of Cool. Correct. Right. And it's and it's the sequencing is it's a better record. Yeah, I think For, we could all agree on do that. You, all yeah. right? you yes. guys agree with me on that? Oh, totally. absolutely. Because I, oh, okay. I did yeah. listen. I, I made like playlists of both. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the order, the British Jesus of Cool order is weird. Yeah, it is. It, it is, and it's it's it does something that that to me is something that I, I is a real uh, I, I really bugs me when I see this on or hear it on a record, which is when it's basically a studio album, but they stick on a, a live track yeah <laughs> to right. me it's like it's like yeah. it's like you know like some little kids that don't like to have their food touching like yes. the peas can't touch the right. mashed potatoes <laughs> yeah i don't like when a studio track is adjacent touching to a, li- a live track to yeah. a live track it really bothers me and <laughs> right. they, he did that down on, on jesus of cool there was um, yeah. one track heart of the city right that's, that's live on jesus of cool but on pure pop it's the studio ver- now why that- would you not put the studio version of Heart of the City. I know. On was your anyone? Because I, I tried to find like info nah. on it. Why they did it? They were. It was probably. Well, it was on. It's on. It was on Stiff, right? Was that on Stiff? No. What it was the? Was, um, the the album? Radar. Yeah, it was the radar. Released, radar is, in the uh, UK and right. uh, Costello was on Radar in UK. Columbia and it was uh, Columbia Records. Okay, right. In the, uh, so it was a bigger label in the US. So whoever sequenced it probably you know Nick Lowe sequenced it in the UK. Right, I would guess, and I guess it's more of a British quirky. Uh, it is, but it's really. <laughs> I mean, the album is really a collection of singles. They're all like, okay, well, these are different kinds of singles that you could, you know, put together. Right, that you could, and so they're all. Every song has a different sort of. You can tell what he's like. Oh, okay, well, he's doing this now. Right, right. It's it's, uh, and and another thing about that that track that live track. Oddly enough, that same track is on the Dave Edmonds album "Tracks on Wax 4, <laughs> That live, oh, the same oh, yeah. live version. Yeah, is except on Dave they Edmonds? took off Nick Lowe's vocal and Dave Edmonds recorded oh, the, God, his vocal so over funny. it. <laughs> yeah, go. I mean, those guys. I always wondered what happened at, with Rockpile. Did they have a falling out? Does anybody know? Yeah, I think I think Nick Lowe and Dave Edmonds didn't really get along that well. Uh, really? Because they're yeah. play, I mean, if you they play together so right. they amazingly yeah, well. That band was so great. Two big egos, two big, very talented people. That's what, that's right, what's going right, to eventually right. break uh, break that record. Got me here. That's what's going to destroy <laughs> us. When are Gary, the two talented uh, people going to show up? Our giant are they, egos. Are we going <laughs> to? Is there so, is two very talented people going to show up and be like <laughs> and say, hey, "What are you guys doing? Here? Give, a, give us those microphones." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so Low, uh, Nick Low, real quick, he played with um, a Brinsley Schwartz. Ford, that's right, yeah. In the late 60s. Right. And, uh, and up to the, uh, yeah. um, up to up the to, mid-70s. Uh, 75, 75, I think 75 yeah. is when he was done. Yeah. And they were, they were great, like, they were considered uh, a pub rock. They called it pub rock. They were. Right? Yeah, which I don't, do you guys have a clear understanding of what constitutes pub rock? Well, Dr. Genre? I guess Dr. Feelgood <laughs> is pub rock. Pub rock. Uh, and so we may actually do. <laughs> Yeah, we may do a Dr. Feelgood record. Right. There's a documentary about them um, that you can download from places on the internet. That dark web. The dark. It's not the dark <laughs> web, really, but uh, uh, um, it's but great, though. It is. It will. And the first clip on it will make you a believer because you can see it on YouTube too. Yeah. They were sort of an underpinning of punk rock and an unsung underpinning of punk rock. So much so that. I guess a uh, uh, pub rock to me was it was not Rock the uh, 
a bombast, but uh, but not the bombast of no. rock, uh, you know, of, of, of heavy rock or anything. Right. It's more like um, uh, cl- sort of a cleaner, hoppier sound, but 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 not really pop either. Like pop songs yeah. played by by a rock band. My my vague impression was that it's sort of basically roots rock, in yeah, the, you know, right. but you know, like like said, but played kind of raw and rock. Sure, right, because right. I mean, Joe yeah. Strummer and the One Hundred One ers they were a pop rock band, right? right. right. And right. so there's some so you listen to it and you're like. Oh, this kind of sounds like the Clash, but if there weren't a political content, right, right, right. Yeah, right. So, um, but there's still, and but there's always a little, a little more edge to it, a little bit of, a, right, of right. an edge to I it. I think the amphetamines probably figured in the pop yeah, rock, especially that band, uh, Doctor Feelgood. Man, you can <laughs> see the amphetamines <laughs> yeah. racing through the. <laughs> right, well, that Wilco Johnson, yeah, but that was the rest of them were drinkers. So. Right. Yeah. Um, All right, so so Nicklo, he ended up, um, he ended up. Um, uh, producing a lot. He produced Elvis Costello. The he Basher. produced uh, Graham Parker. Dr. Feelgood, I think the first, maybe the first no, Dr. Feelgood. first. No, it's actually their third the, or the third, fourth okay, record. Right. Yeah. Okay. The first record oh, after Wilco Johnson Phil- Phil- Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And he wrote What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, which, which is, is a, a really... Brinsley Schwartz. Right. A Brinsley right. Schwartz it was originally a Brinsley Schwartz. Right. But he wrote it and it was a big, it was a hit for Elvis Costello. And and how do you feel like a lot of these, when I listen to them, I feel like, oh, that could be an Elvis Costello song. Uh, a lot of it is reminiscent, but I feel like one of the reasons Nick Lowe never sort of, he, he isn't as well-known as Elvis Costello didn't become as well-known is because his voice, he has a good voice, but he doesn't have a distinctive, a, a distinctive like Elvis Costello right. does. Right, yeah. right. Right? Yeah. Do, do he doesn't, so? he isn't able to present it in the way that Elvis Costello does, where you're like, it's like, oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, know, it's just more like... well. It, it's obviously the way they took that one song and took his voice out and put uh, put Dave Edmonds' voice in. It's obviously interchangeable, right? Yeah, Dave Edmonds is a better singer than Nick Lowe. First, I mean, Dave Edmonds can bring it in a way I think that Nick Lowe. Yeah, Nick it's Lowe. Just a, he's a serviceable was a singer. Fine, exactly, right, fine, right. serviceable, but yeah. not. Uh, but um, but the songs you can't deny the songs. Just yeah. really great songs. Oh yeah, great uh, songwriter. Super catchy. The the name of the record, the American of the record, Pure Pop, is like perfect for pure it pop. because Pure Pop for now. People, yes. <laughs> which is a little bit of a throwback to '60s kind of. Yeah, uh, he's like tongue in cheek, like right, uh, right. It's it's yeah, and it's it's kind of worth I think talking about the cover. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the cover is really cool. Yeah, because yeah. it sort of is, is it's it's unusual in that usually uh, record or album covers don't sort of depict the contents. Correct. And this sort of depicts the contents of the album. Yeah, yeah. And it's like six different pictures and it's also, you you think it's six pictures of all him in like all totally different get-ups, different jobs. But one of them's uh, Dave Edmonds, right? right? One of them's Dave Edmonds. (laughs) The middle one on the bottom is I think it's the the kind of heavy metal guy. Exactly, Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Dave. But he's sort of disguised to sort of look like it could be him. And there's different, did you notice? And he's holding a bass. So there's intentional deception at work. There's different pictures on the British one and the American one. They use right. different. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're not exactly not, no. the same. There, yeah, there are, I think ones. maybe two in common, and the rest are all different. Right, two wow. different ones. Yeah. And and it kind of the one thing that I noticed about the record is it kind of makes it seem like he like it. It, it's him playing everything, and it's all him doing it. Right. Like a Todd he, Rundgren thing, right? But yeah. it's but it's not. I mean, no. he, he actually can play a lot. He plays guitar. He plays bass. Right. But there's actually a lot of musicians on it. Different oh, yeah, people yeah. playing yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Really great musicians. There's on basically at least three different bands. Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. right, right. But the core group is, you know, kind of the rock pile. Um, Billy Bremner, Dave Edmonds, Nick Lowe, 
And uh, who was the drummer for Rock Pile? Uh, Terry. Yeah, Andrews. Terry. Terry Williams. Terry, so. Terry Williams. Right. Terry but you Williams. also yeah. had um, uh, Pete Thomas plays on a song. Uh, That's right. Elvis right. Costello, right, and yeah. also um, Steve Naive. Steve Naive, right? Played some piano on yep. there. Also from and Elvis Norman Rotroy. Rotroy. Fuck my brain. <laughs> Norman Rotroy. That name is familiar. So I want to know what else he played on. <sighs> you know, I read what band he Klaus was in. Klaus Vorman. He's, he's, he's in this <laughs> Klaus Vorman category. Of oh John Len- the bass player for John Lennon's records yeah <laughs> like who else do you play with well, who cares he <laughs> <laughs> played with John Lennon right right exactly so no so Roy. Gary th- so this record came out in 1978 but when did you do you remember when you first heard it I think I was trying to remember I, I if I bought it before I bought the first Elvis Costello record I bought which was uh, Armed Forces. Um, yeah, Armed Forces, I think, came out like a, a year, a little bit after this one. Maybe not even a whole year after, yeah, but a little bit yes, after I think, this one. Yeah, that's right. And, I, and I, I was kind of thinking that Elvis Costello was my introduction to Nick Lowe. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm not positive about that. So. Well, maybe you saw that he wrote What's So Funny About Peace and Understanding, right, and maybe right, you right. looked up uh, Nick Lowe. But see, back then, too, I used to buy records uh, just based on reviews a lot without having heard them. Yeah, so I yeah, might yeah. just read a review and just said, oh, There's yeah, nothing wrong with that. We've yeah. all done that. <laughs> right. How about you, Barry? When did you first? Uh, I probably wouldn't have heard this until after I got into The Clash. So that was December of 79. So I probably heard it sometime in 80 or 81. So okay. I was, you know, right. s- sort of a late adopter, as it were. Right. right, right. I, I know the first time I heard it was in the um, Rock and Roll High School, the movie Rock and Roll High School. Because the oh, And right. So It Goes is in like a scene in there. So okay, the yeah, yeah. And, and I like, I, I love the, I was already a big Moon's fan, I love the movie, and I had the right. soundtrack album, and, then, and so it goes. Is on the uh, not the same version. I don't think that's on the record. It's on the, uh, All right, yeah, it's well, different. Okay, that video. Our, our, yeah, that little promo that I put up when I looked at that video, I was like, "Damn, this is a cool version of the song." Right. It's got a, it's a little more rocking. I think it's Rock Pile. I, is it Rock Pile? But I don't I know think. where else you would find that version of it except on that video. Because it looked like Dave Edmonds was in there. It already. is. Right. right. There's right. a harmony right. on the chorus, and it's just like. This is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think it looks like one of those things where maybe they recorded it the day of the video. You know, when videos, rock videos first came out, there was this sort of this idea that maybe people would, you would just be playing live and then you would overdub the vocals or stuff, like almost like a Top of the Pops kind of thing. Or And so that's that rough-hewn version of that song is, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, if there's a, it exists somewhere else because it's pretty great. It is yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I had never heard that before. I had not that version. Well, all right. So we're talking about Soko, So let's start getting into right, the record. Do it, man. First song, which is a great first song. Like uh, in the uh, British version, uh, the first song is which one? I think it's. I love the sound of Rick music Plus. for money. No, or, no, it's oh no, not. music for money. It's music for money, which is a weird. It's almost like a middle finger opening song. <laughs> right, it is. And it's also not a very, like, um, like uh, moving, catchy song like, no. like uh, So It Goes. It's not. Right, so, right, so It Goes right. is a much better In fact, first music, song for music for Money, they moved to the last track right, on the American exactly, version. Which works much better, I but think, you, the But if you think track. about England at the time, it, you know, there was, it was a punk rock or it was, a, you know, the post-punk was in. So putting a song with some explicit sort of snide content on it at the beginning might have been a move like oh right 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 so we're gonna right it um yeah that song was uh, apparently there's co-writing credits with uh andrew bodner and steve goulding from uh uh, the rumor right and according to the credits it's it's just nick lowe and them 
on the track. Oh, okay, uh-huh. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, oh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, I read something that Nick Lowe said that he thought that that song owed something to Steely Dan. Which, which, uh, wait, wait, which song are we talking about now? So it goes. Oh, so, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. And I, at first I was puzzled by that, okay. but then I started thinking about it. And if you think about it, it's kind of similar to uh, Reeling in the Years. Reeling in the Years. The it's chords. Got that, uh, and the way the vocal goes. Oh, my God. And the way the vocal goes. I just heard that in my I, head. You know what I mean? You yeah. Are, that it is. That's it's there. Great. But you would yeah. never just put, you would never think Nick Lowe, oh, yeah, no. Steely Dan. You would yeah, never do that. But, but yeah, that Steely is. Steely Dan, exactly. we might get there. I think I think he was implying it was sort of unintentional. It was right. Yeah. Well, there's but, a couple uh, other things that come up where he say where he says it's unintentional, and I don't know that it actually. Yeah, is. There's, yeah, there's but, one song where it, yeah, I'm like, no. All right, so the lyric. What do you guys think? Like the opening of the lyrics, he says, "I remember one night uh, the kid cut off his right arm in a bid to save a bit of power. He got fifty thousand watts in a big acoustic tower. Do you, was he is he talking about a real thing that happened? Do you think? I don't or think so. Just, I have no clue. You know, I couldn't they find. Say, I, I couldn't find. I give my right it. arm for X. <laughs> So uh, okay, okay, you okay. cut up. In, so if there's somebody on the radio and you want the more, you want to broadcast louder, fifty thousand watts from it. I don't know why it'd be an acoustic tower, but whatever. Right, or maybe right. a PA system. And so you know, right. Well, it's almost like the kid like uh, sacrifice. It's like a sound guy sacrificing his arm so the show could go on. Like putting the show. Yeah, he, yeah. Like lost his arm <laughs> yeah, for yeah, the show. Yeah. But I think it's a proverbial. Right. And the arm. and the so goes like I, I was a big. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut fan already. Like when oh, I was a right, kid, right, I read right, a yeah. lot, and that's from oh, right. Slaughterhouse Five. Right. The book Slaughterhouse so it goes. Five. It's repeated yeah. over so it goes, and over. It's repeated. It's yeah. like yeah, the, the thing. So it goes. And, and some I, of I think Vonnegut's other to books too. Maybe this. did he use, or is it just Slaughterhouse Five? I, I, Slaughterhouse Five, I know for sure. A Goodbye, a Blue Monday may have had something like that, okay. or because right. he used to do that a lot. Though he used to put like some phrase that would keep coming. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but definitely that's where I. I I'd already yeah I was a big uh, Kurt Vonnegut fan. And so it's talking yeah. about a rock show, you know, that's uh, and all the setup of a rock show. The promoters got the muscle. It's going right. to be a, you know, oh and, they're ready for a tussle. Yeah, and it, then and then he moves on to like a, international uh, politics. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a strange thought. You have to say it's it like, is because I think he's just taking three completely different things. But yeah, just saying, it's three different scenarios. Right, but uh, so but it then goes. it's so it goes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. Exactly, and the last one's kind of funny. There's, it's funny because if you look for the lyrics online, uh, well, actually, Gary, you have the thing. Do, do they have lyrics in the? I don't uh, think they do have lyrics they don't, in here. You know, some of the lyrics are wrong. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, some I, online, yeah, yeah, I looked yeah, some yeah. up and I was like, that's completely wrong. Totally wrong. Right, because he lost. Because well, in the last one, he's actually talking about how he lost a girl to a snake-hipped <laughs> Persian. But I've seen some places where right. they just called him a person. But I think he's definitely no, saying Persian. Persian, right? No, no, he's saying Persian. Persian. Yeah. yeah, for right. sure. And uh, he says, in the air, there's aftershave lotion in the wake of a snake-hipped Persian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On That's... his arm, there's a skin-tight vision. Wonder why she ain't mine. She is his. What and I like is so how the, the, the rhyme, to get the rhyme for that, you, ha- you have to kind of connect his with the next word of the next line, yes. his and. Vision, yes. his Oh, and. right, right. So yeah, it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, there's some great uh, wordplay. This, this record yeah, has yeah. some extreme cleverness on it that's yeah. not, that doesn't, is not presented in a way that you, you immediately think, oh, that's really clever. But there's dropped beats, there's little touches, there's flourishes right, and right. things where you go, okay, he put a lot of, you know, into this of, oh, yeah, yeah. What can I do here, you know? Right, right. Exactly, yeah. All right, so we go from this song, we go to the second song, is I love the sound of breaking glass. 
Yeah, now this is definitely like an ode to vandalism, and it's it's, it's like I, I, yeah, I swear specifically sure. it's about being in a band and wrecking a hotel room. I think right, Probably. right, <laughs> letting, off, letting off steam by just yeah. yeah, yeah, like breaking everything up. But right, right but did you get? Now, did you see there was uh, because it came out around the same time as the David Bowie had a song called uh, Breaking Glass. Right. right, right, right. And then people have said, oh, you've got the title. You know, this is sort of a play. I love the sound of Breaking Glass. But he insists that he didn't know about the song Breaking Glass. He didn't right. know because yeah, Low came out in '78 and or '77, yeah. and this came out in '78. So, but yeah, it's certainly possible that he wouldn't have heard. Musically, it sounds like Sound and Vision. The song Sound and Vision has that same. Does it? Yes, he's it does. Right. It's got that same shuffling sound, right. that's very similar so to Sound and Vision. Yeah, he, he could be like. <laughs> Nick Lowe's a dirty liar. What I read is that Elvis Costello actually said to him, hey, are, are you like referencing that Bowie song? Yeah. And, and he, he said, like, no, I don't know that song. Yeah, but, but you guys yeah, you're right. listen to Sound of Breaking Glass. So it's Sound and Vision, and then they yeah. just took some bu- the Bowie thing <laughs> and put it on there. But aside from that, it's still a great song. And it uh, bass, it's got some great bass playing in it, too. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wonder on the songs that have there is a different bass. The uh, Andrew Bodner is listed as bass player on right. This. It, it, yeah, well, he's he also gets a, a co-writing so he, credit on it. So I I haven't looked through the I don't have access to the personnel list or I could have, but um, <laughs> I got it right here. So who plays bass on I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass? It is. Uh, it's got to be it's Andrew right, Bodner. Can, I'm, I'll oh, put the Jeopardy music. I feel like here. he's. Bo- er, <laughs> yeah, Andrew Bodner. Yes. 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 And, right. In the form of a question, please. <laughs> yes. Who is Andrew Bodner? <laughs> Who is Andrew Bodner? I'm sorry, guy. It was nice having oh, you. We're going to have to ask you to. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, we have twenty-four thousand. <laughs> take take one of Brian. We're at Brian Franklin's house again. So just take one of Brian's things. <laughs> take like one of his out. guitars or something. That's great. Oh, right. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he got a, he may have gotten a co-writing credit in the song just because of the excellent bass playing. Oh, the bass playing is amazing. They may have said, oh, I mean, when you listen to the bass, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah exactly. It's one that's of those. That's really uh, good. It's one of those songs. But yeah, that's it right. doesn't in- intrude. That's the thing. This no, stuff no, all no. fits together in the way that it makes him, you know, that it's, it makes it a great record. Oh, it is. It's so good. Oh, yeah. And oh, and I love the I love the piano on it. The, oh, yeah, the piano yeah, is really right. weird. Yeah, on this song, it's Bob Andrews playing piano. Who was uh, was he? What was he in the room? I should know that. You should yeah, know that. Don't I should, I should come, have done my never yeah, come, yeah. Oh, This is. I'm ashamed. No, you're not. No, no. <laughs> no. no we're up take, we'll take care of that. No. <laughs> yes, Barry and I will handle all the self shame. Rob, Rob will mispronounce something. I will. And of course, the song. And I, and I won't correct him. I just let it go. There, uh, you're right, though. There's great piano in this song. This song's just like a, it's a joy to listen to. Yeah, it's a great song. And then the love song. The, the love two song virgins. tonight. This is I really. This is a really pretty song tonight. I really like this song. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's like to me. It's like a song. It's sort of it's it's kind of like some. There are some Randy Newman songs where it's like he plays it so straight yeah. that it's kind of bent. Oh, right. It's right, kind right, of yeah. like that. This, it is. He's playing it so straight, but there's like this. If you listen to it closely, to me, it sounds so cute and sweet, but it sounds to me like it's like teenagers and this teenage guy is trying to right, talk this course. girl into That's true, sleeping with I, him. Right. And I was looking at his lyrics and I was trying to find some kind of edge, <laughs> but you really can because you're right. He plays we, it totally straight. So we straight. were it, yeah. only once, which tells you it's the. The two right, versions. exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So exactly. is he telling the truth exactly. or not? Right, That's right, exactly right. the way. <laughs> yeah, the only other, the only people in the world. Uh, and it has a acoustic solo, acoustic 
guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. on this. That's guitar, really yeah. nice, really pretty. A lot of guitar on this record. And, uh, like, just a, a, a huge amount of guitars doing different things. Right. Well, you, uh, uh, Barry had sent me a live uh, rock pile. It's actually oh, rock pile, a live them yeah. playing, and it's oh, just yeah. so good. Well, Billy, yeah. Bre- Billy Bremner is an unsung oh, yeah. genius. And a great songwriter, too. Uh, well, see, I, that I don't know, but I do know when I saw that rock pile, live rock pile video, it's from 79, it's like Danish TV or something, shit like that. <laughs> it is soup to nuts, and you, th- because the camera work is terrible, every time he's playing a solo, you're like, okay, what's he doing? And the, they've got it aimed at, like, the shoes of the drummer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right, I noticed that. There'd be this great lead, and you'd go, Thank you. show the guitar play. Thank you, Stoner Dan. <laughs> right, exactly. Someone's nephew was yeah, filming. That. It was the camera works terrible, <laughs> but there's some great, great playing on there, and there's they're nonstop. I mean, Nick Lowe, you watch him playing bass, and he's working, and yeah, yeah. you know the guys are amazing musicians. Yeah, oh yeah, great band. Tonight, were you gonna anything else to add for tonight? Yeah. Uh, no, this is a beautiful tune. Though. It really is. Yeah, it, it really yeah is. it's either really straightforward, sentimental, like almost homage to fifties, like yeah. d- that doo wop, or the yeah. feeling of those, you know, those romantic songs of the fifties where they really are trying to convince you that there's, you know, uh, non-sexual love involved. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, now I think we, we it's just about time for a break. I think we should take a break because the next song we're going to talk about is a, is a yeah. twisted pop song oh, yeah. for sure. Doc Sound. Yeah. Yes, we're going to talk about <laughs> Marie, a woman named Marie uh, Provost? Provost. Provost. Mary, so, uh, Mary Provost. Yeah. Mary Provost. Oh. Mary Provost. So we're going to see, I did. I mispronounced yeah. it. Well, too. That's what I used to call it, too. And then I listened to it. I was like, no, it's Provost. He's saying, right. So. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a little break. Uh, we'll come back. This is uh, That Record Got Me High. We'll be back in uh, just a second. This week's episode of That Record Got Me High is brought to you by Is This Tomorrow? Hey, Becky, what's your favorite comic strip? Well, Jimmy, there's nothing that gets my hormones flowing quite like Is This Tomorrow? Why is that, Becky? Well, Tommy, it's because Is This Tomorrow has a special blend of unique qualities. You mean wacky characters saying odd but strangely compelling things on a panel-by-panel basis? Yes, Arthur, that's exactly what I'm talking about. How did you know? Well, Brenda, I've been reading Is This Tomorrow for years. I make it part of my daily routine of obsessive compulsive activities and so should you I guarantee that your enjoyment will be unabated Wilbur where can I find is this tomorrow don't be a lunkhead Donna you can find is this tomorrow at is this that's is this Thanks, Samantha. I'm going to run back to my computer right now and check out Is This Tomorrow on isthistomorrow.com. Five, four, three, two, one. We're back. That record got me high. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. We're talking with our special guest, Gary Messick. Hey, Gary. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) And we're talking about Nick Lowe's 
Pure pop for now, people. We're up to the fourth song, which this song is a... The one. <laughs> like, well, it's the, it's the most twisted song. On. Yes. Oh, there yeah. are little hints of twistedness on the album, but this one. And is this based on a story? It's based it's on a, a true, true story, story yeah. but he gets a lot of the things, a lot of details wrong. Well, well yeah, he elaborated. <laughs> yeah, because I was saying, wow, this is twisted. And then when you read about really what happened. say the name of this song? M- Marie Provost. Right, and, and that's the first thing he gets wrong, is her name was Marie Prevost. With a oh, P-R-E-V-O-S-T. Really? <laughs> yeah, so interestingly enough, for some the reason. The internet did not, he didn't want to go to the library. He was tired. <laughs> Either that or maybe do you think they did it just yeah, to make maybe. sure they didn't get in trouble or by the state or something? So. She was dead already when he wrote it. Oh, long, long, right. right. All right, so what's the story, Gary? What's the Marie Provost? Well, in the song, it's uh, a washed-up uh, actress that was big in the silent era. Right. Who... Uh, uh, apparently died alone and uh, was e- eaten by her dog, according to the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's not really what happened. All right, so. but, okay. but she was a, a, a silent actress, and she was yes. in some talkies, she, she too. Was, yeah, yeah. But she was a, mainly a, a silent star. So you can, go walk, right. you can go on YouTube and see films of the woman that was eaten by a dog? She was, yeah. She, was, <laughs> she wasn't actually, well, right. Yeah. So, and, and she did die... Uh, in her uh, by herself, die alone, and she right. wasn't found for a couple. And of, she like, did have a dog, days. right? And and, I, and the reason they found her was because their dog kept yapping. Yes, right. and the neighbor finally said, right. "What the oh, hell is yeah. this dog barking about?" Yeah, right. and and apparently the dog, there were some bite marks on sure. her legs, and but, oh, but the police okay. decided that it was the dog was trying to wake her up or arouse her. It didn't uh, look like he was trying to eat her. So, <laughs> but yeah. Nick Lowe decided the dog was well, trying to eat he her. He <laughs> probably got that from the Kenneth Anger book, Hollywood Babylon. Oh yeah, you know that oh, famous, yeah. right. which which is kind of notorious for not being accurate. It's, oh, okay. it's, uh, it's yeah. entertaining as hell, yeah. though. Yeah. I can recommend that one and the Hollywood Babylon too. They're both great. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, a long ago, I read parts of Hollywood Babylon, but yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember. That it's well. just total. Yeah. It's total trash. Yeah. but it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So according to Nick. Mary Provost did not look her best the day the cops bust into her lonely nest. In the cheap hotel up on Hollywood West, July 29, she'd been lying there for two or three weeks, the neighbors said. That's yep. a long time. Yes, they, uh, they never heard a squeak for hungry eyes that could not speak. <laughs> said even little doggies have got to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are great lyrics. <laughs> she was a winner. And then she became the doggies dinner. What's the sting? What's the stinger in this song? She never meant that much to me. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, yeah. That, that odd little thing. That wasn't really necessary. He didn't need to say. It's kind that's of uncalled for, right? <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, that adds to that. Just adds to the sticking the knife in is like that. The, the oh, song is. Uh, is she was eaten yeah. by a dog. But, it's you know, kind of mean spirited, though, right? Yeah, in a way, right. especially for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what they say about dogs and cats is that if you have pet dogs and pet cats, and then the, if you die and then nobody comes in, that the cats will begin eating you immediately, and the dogs will wait a little while. Is that your really? uh, That's generally the oh. idea, yeah. The cats have no cat. There's no sentimentality in a cat whatsoever. Uh, has anyone done any, like, has anyone tested was, this hypothesis? Barry probably has. Yeah, yeah. Barry does. No, I think there was a... They've done some experiments. studies done. Yeah, sure. Right. One thing I read that was really funny about this Mary uh, Prevost, the real one, was that a a houseboy found her body after entering her room, 
Police found se- several empty liquor bottles in the room, along with a promissory note to Joan Crawford for $110. <laughs> you wonder what, she, you know, what was, what it, yeah, she yes. borrowed the money from Joan or, you know. Yeah, what, I guess she'd been her? in a couple of movies with Joan she Crawford. She did, and Joan Crawford yeah. ended up, like, paying for yeah. her funeral and, That's you know, right. sort That's of right. helped yeah. her, yeah. So really? She, yeah. yeah. Joan Crawford not always portrayed as the most generous of, of uh. But see, right, but, but she was nice to Mary, much nicer yes. than Nick Lowe, because Nick Lowe didn't, uh, what did he say? Right. Yeah, I'd never. She never met that, never much, to that much to me. <laughs> but just so we're clear, Joan Crawford also had an incredibly fucked up life. So, oh yeah, she did. But actually, if you follow that through, he sings. She never met that much to me, but now I see poor Marie. Poor Marie. Oh, right? okay, right. So, oh, yeah, you're right. Doesn't that kind of take yeah, reel it back a little know. bit? I guess yeah. so. You're right. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Not that callous. Well, uh, so, but in the in the song, she also has uh, she's double do- double dosed herself. Those twin bombs didn't help her sleep, so she had drugs and liquor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Poor, poor Mary. Yeah, she was apparently, I think, an alcoholic. Yes. To what I yeah, 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 definitely. Ended up that way. Oh, the, the cops. Th- acute, they, you that mentioned she died of acute alcoholism uh, yeah, at thirty-eight. Right. She was only thirty-eight. Yes, they made yes, it sound yes. like she was oh a washed-up actress. Wow. She was only thirty-eight. Yeah, 38. yeah, yeah. So, um, but the it, cops. The part, you didn't mention the fact that when the cops come in, uh, there's a line there. Throwing up everywhere. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> over what they found and how they pronounce his, what we say is a dachshund. Yes. Is he uh, the hungry little dachshound? Oh, he's. Well, <laughs> he, he had to get the rhyme there, though. Yeah, didn't right, he? right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll always go, for, always go for the rhyme. <laughs> what they found, the handiwork of Mary's little dachshound. That's yes. Hysterical. Yeah. Dachshunds are, you know, they can be evil, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I know somebody who, yeah, we me. knew this guy who's, these people had this dachshund and. They had to lock it up every time you get in the house. And then one one time somebody came in and the dog ran up and jumped and just bit this person right on the crotch. <laughs> Hung on like a fucking Good shark. Work. It's like a Ben Stiller movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does sort of stuff, yeah. Shorty. Shorty the dachshund. Yeah. Wow. Why would he do that? Why did the dog do that? They're was... very protective. They, they, <laughs> did they teach it to go for no. the crotch? And... Uh-uh. Dachshunds someone, are just... Uh, it sounds like someone did. It sounds like a yeah. trained move to me. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's shorty, which is bit, had it built in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We're up to no, song number five, which is "Heart of the City." He's a little off limb. And this is yeah, and this is the studio version. Now we said, like right. we said before, it's not the live version is on Jesus the Cool, but this is the studio version, uh, which is not quite as rocking as the live version, uh, as but you would imagine. Right? Yeah. It's, it's still, still great. great. No, no, no. It's still great. It's a great song, and uh, and it's kind of like a just like a rock song, like. Except We're gonna there's rock. A, there's a weird count in it. In the uh, I'm looking for love in the heart of the city. He drops a beat. He the drops or add a, adds a beat, and it's one of those weird things that you you sing along with it and you don't realize. So there's either there's either a measure of seven or a measure of nine in there. Ah, you go, I never noticed that. Oh uh, yeah. Ah. So, oh, we, one thing we forgot to mention too is the cool upward key change in. Uh, Gear change, the it, gear shift, it, the key, and in in, in the uh, Marie Provence. No, the first was the first song. Uh, so it goes. So it goes. Oh, Isn't yeah, it at the right. end? Yeah, yeah. I think key, so. It's an upward key change. Gear right? shift. We should have we right. should have mentioned that. Okay. Okay. That's, that's right. all. And that's something that's <laughs> we haven't talked about gear shifts, but that's something that's pretty much faded from being used in pop songs. It was like one of those a '60s thing where the like Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, every song is like, "Here it comes." Oh right, <laughs> we're going right. from yeah, F to yeah. F sharp. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was just a, a way to change up the feel of the song without having to do any right. extra work. That's true. Yeah, right. and if you hear it now, it usually always feels like a throwback. You it know? does. Like a <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, so... Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's... Uh, well, it's what interesting that this, the studio version, uh, it's just two guys. It's just Nick Lowe and Steve Goulding. Steve Goulding on drums and Lowe on guitar and bass. Oh, really? Oh, okay, uh, okay. So it's... Uh, and it's uh, uh, just a, a guy... Um, Going to the uh, moving from the country to the big city to I guess be a rock star, right? Um, looking for um, looking for love in the heart of the city. I'm looking looking everywhere in the heart. He's he gets uh, looking for a lover. He's not looking for love. You know, I think <laughs> Nic- Nicola was known as sort of a uh, as a the basher. Bon, you know, uh, his bon? name yeah. was the yeah. the basher as a producer. Oh, that's right. Would, yeah, that's he right. would ca- he would produce bands and say. <clears throat> Just bash it out. Just we'll start it up later. Oh, uh, that okay, was, okay. And yeah. there, I think they're also in his romantic life. There may have been a similar uh, <laughs> thing. So um, he said the the best line in this is about um, there's a and then the boys are on the prowl and they're checking on me. They know a bird up in the bird in the hand is worth two out on the streets. So, <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. so Nick's got a, he's picked up a girl, and right, then right, he's right. being, you know, the guys are like, oh, you know. <laughs> That's right. I also like that line about the, uh, well, the first line, the heart of the city where the alligators roam. Right. It makes you think of, you know, the, the rumored alligators that lived <laughs> under the, sewer, the sewers of New York. Uh, right, and, you know yeah, what? Yeah. I didn't think of that. that I was wondering been, what, that, what yeah. that was. A lot of American references in this, of course. Right, right. There are, yeah. I almost feel like he was, like, either enamored of America or just, so. yeah. Well, yeah. who did he marry? Who did he marry? He was married. Oh yeah, Johnny Carling Carter. Carling Carter. Oh okay, okay. I didn't even know that. Yep. And then the next song. Oh, I love this song. I love this song, Roller Show. But it doesn't only make sense if you have any understanding of. (laughs) I do. I do have understanding of the Bay City Rollers. Do you guys remember the Bay City Rollers? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What I remember (laughs) as a kid. I remember after school, I used to watch like Merv Griffin and uh, a Dinah Shore show. Yep. And the Bay City Rollers used to be on those kind of yep. shows because for a while they were like a big. Huge. All right. So the Bay City Rollers were basically a Scottish pop band that yeah. for a while they were like a huge teeny bopper band. Yeah, right. Because they were all cute boys. They were cute boys and they wore all this plaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were on the cover of all these teen magazines, Teen Beat, and they were uh, they would be on these shows like on the Dinah Shore. And they were like a very safe. Band, but they had, and they actually had some good songs. They too. did. I only want to be with you and Saturday night. Uh, that song. They're very yeah, yeah. That's the only one I remember. Heavily overproduced <laughs> songs. Very. Oh, just totally pop. Look, they were sort of like a the, maybe a Scottish version of the Archies type thing, or but the Archies weren't a real band. I guess basically the Rollers were kind of a real band. They yeah, were. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, they the were. The trick would yeah. be to find some live footage and say, okay, you know, what could they? Really, it'd probably be hard to find because they they would mine, you know, on all these shows right. they would always mine their song. So this song is basically kind of making sport of them, I think. Really, right, right, right. Well, they, well uh, Nick, that, but it's a lot of effort to go to <laughs> to just be making fun of them. I kind of think there's a there's a little bit of like, oh, you know, they kind of figured it out. They figured out the thing. Well, there's a apparently. Uh, Nick Lowe had a contract with the United Artists back in the mid '70s, and he wanted to get out of it. Yeah. And so he United wrote this Artists. song called uh, "Bay City Rollers, We Love You," <laughs> because he said he thought that they would get him fired, and it didn't get him fired. Were they not on They you? made him record it, and, oh, it, and it was actually. And and uh, but he said like he subsequently wrote a song called I think it's called "Let's All Go to the Disco," and that did get him fired. Oh, okay. But but in the meantime. <laughs> 
uh, he, they actually had to do the sequel song. This is that song is the sequel, is the sequel to. And this song is yeah. only on the American version. It's not on the right, the yeah. British one. Yeah, which is weird funny because is they funny. were kind of a British sensation. It came out as a single under the name Tar- Tartan Horde. Yeah, because that's what they called the Bay <laughs> City Rollers fans. Their right. fans were the tar- like yeah. Bieber, like Justin Bieber's fans. Here's were my yeah. theory: is yeah. that yeah, hearkening back to Nicolo's, um, you know, romance. Well, he made a record about labor of lust is all about sex. The whole record's about <laughs> sex. And every Pretty song much. is yeah, yeah. Right. that's yeah. what right. it's about. So. He, this, there's a certain amount of envy in the part of the rollers and that because these are you know the girls are we are these are the girls that go to see the rollers and he's just imagining right you know imagine, just just imagine <laughs> all of those girls every <laughs> night and the song is kind of written in the style though it's very oh, yeah. poppy song in the style of the basic roller song yeah. and he says at one point he says calling out across the land calling every single roller fan School's been a drag, but that's all right, because we're going to see Woody on stage tonight. Going to see the Rollers, got a ticket for the Bay City Rollers, and everything will be out of sight. When Eric strums his Strat at the Rollers <laughs> show tonight. Right, so those are the main, uh, that was Eric yeah, Faulkner and Stuart John Wood, who they called Woody. Yeah. Those are the main guys. But it's great, because he says later, he says, Ian packed it in, but we got Pat McGuinn. Right. Which they were totally like a... Menudo type band, like if a guy left, right. they plug yeah. in another yes. guy. Yeah, so they yeah, ended up yeah. having a, a bunch of looks different, like him. and they just right. give him the the plaid jumpsuit, yep. and he was a big right. city roller. Right, and I know that they their their label, the American label, tried to break them big in the U.S. with an appearance on. Uh, Howard Cosell had a had a uh, variety show in the mid seventies. Oh, I remember that. It's called Saturday show. Night Live with Howard Cosell, and in fact, the the other. The one the Saturday Night Live went on, yeah. couldn't was planning to call themselves Saturday Night Live, and they couldn't do it because of the Howard Cosell show. Howard Cosell. So initially, they just called themselves Saturday Night. Right. After that show went off the air, which didn't take long, then they took their, they took the name Saturday Night Live. But uh, yeah, and I think it was the very first episode of the Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell that featured the, the Bay City Rollers. Rollers. Awesome. And they made a big deal about it. They wanted it to be like the Beatles appearing on Ed Sullivan. That, yeah. was, that was the whole idea. They were not the Beatles. No. They, they, <laughs> and Howard Cosell no. was not Ed Sullivan. No. Yeah. He's a great boxing announcer. Yeah. But, as a, but not as to a, have no. a prison variety show. No. I don't think that show, I'm not sure, but I don't think it two lasted episodes, for very long right. at all. Yeah, yeah. something like two or three. And it was cool. All right, so we finished with side one. Now we're on side two of the record. We always do it like we're record. Even ah, yeah. We don't have records. And, uh, they called it rock. Yeah, it's a great song. It's yep. a great yep. song, and it's and so this is like a remake, and it's a, and it's a it's a record industry song. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a couple of yeah. <laughs> there's there's more than one on here. Yeah, yeah, there are definitely. But this yeah. is like a remake of Shaken Pop, which is on yes. Jesus of Cool. But this is a better song than yeah, Shaken Pop. I agree. Pop. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and the it's funny because the lyrics are kind of the same. But except they say uh, they call, instead of saying shake and pop they say they called it rock. Yeah, I think the verses the, are identical. The, right, the they are. But yeah. uh, but the music is much better. This yes, one. yeah. Yeah, this is a really yeah. Great and song. I, apparently, uh, Nick Lowe had said that Dave Edmonds thought that the title "Shake and Pop" was stupid, so he came up with a title. They called it rock, which Nick Lowe didn't like. He thought that was dumb. Uh, but geez. even so, okay, that okay, version wait, wait, wait. ended what's up on himself. What's on the what's the song on Who by Numbers? Uh, about rock. Um, oh, Long Live Rock? That's, that's a, there's a little bit of that. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, and basically, so this, this could be about the Bay City Rollers in a way, although they weren't a one-hit wonder band because they had more than one hit. Right. But this is about some poor one-hit wonder well, this bands. This is about the. This is about yeah, it's the a story arc, of a band. The arc. Yes. Of, yeah, yeah. The arc of you. That and it's pretty so funny. many times. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's hysterical. There's it's some great, great lines. In First it. album comes out. Well, they went and cut the record. The record hit the chart, and someone in the newspaper said it was art. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disco Casanova said. It's heavy on the riff. The local teeny bopper band was playing it to death. Yeah, so, so they were getting Once covered. You get, when you get covered, when yeah. You start, mm-hmm. When bands were covered, you've made it. That's right. So that sounds like Teen Spirit. And then uh, at the, by the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they cut another record. It never was a hit. And someone in the newspaper said it was shit. Yeah. The drummer is a bookie. The singer is a whore. The bass player selling clothes he never would have wore. Oh, that's that. what a great line, that. right? That's yeah, a great, great. line. And, and one of the lyric things got that totally wrong. And it's like, I know, I yeah. saw that. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. I'm genius. I'm, I'm yeah. like, Those genius oh, lyrics guys aren't genius. Are genius. <laughs> I, I, that one bothered me so much, I actually thought about yeah. going in and fixing it. Yeah, but, yeah, but we're should. the only people looking at it, so who cares? But that's such a great right. line. The bass player is selling clothes he never would have worn. That's beautiful. <laughs> like he's working. Well, yeah. it's, the, it's the rock and roll arc. Oh, you guys are great. They loan you a bunch of money. You, you know, you make the record. There's a hit. Go to make their second record. Eh, you know, we're just not happening. And then I think I think Steve Mishner, Big Dipper, we should uh, we should uh, have him talk about their major label arc. Which was uh, oh yeah that's right yeah. they did well it usually ninety percent of the time it doesn't end well ninety <laughs> percent I'm sorry like ninety nine point nine percent of the time it doesn't end well you know what's funny is looking at the credits uh, the shake and pop version is credited just to Nick Lowe the song itself right the 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 uh, they called it rock version is credited to Nick Lowe Terry Williams Dave Edmonds and Billy Bremner so all of Rock Pile. Even though the only real difference is that the title is different in the, in the chorus, and, and the music, and it's, and it's Rockpile playing on on that version. So right? Rockpile yeah. probably had a thing where they said where they were all going to put yeah. their names on songs, probably. and it might give yes. you another insight into the Dave uh, Edmonds Nick Lowe why uh, they stopped playing with each other. Yeah, well, the funny too credits. Yeah, that that song was actually that version of the song was actually released as a single. Uh, Credited to Rockpile. Oh right, right. Okay. And before right. coming out on uh, on Pure Pop. Right, that's right. It's another one that was just. On Sorry, that. we went down a rabbit hole there. No. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're up to eight. Song number eight, which is No Reason. Which this yep. is like a reggae by way of Elvis. This this is another <laughs> right. one that really reminds me of yeah. one of Elvis Costello's reggae-ish type songs. Definitely right. It yep. does. Yeah. But it's got the intro is almost like a spy. The spy intro. Well. Uh, Watching the uh, detective also by reggae. Spy so who was first? I'm, I don't know. I think watching I'm wondering. Is probably first. I don't know though, but uh, Nick, I'm sure they they probably. Uh, hey, they're both great songwriters. And they're both yeah. Yeah. Up, they both they came out of the yeah. pop rock scene. They probably influenced each other, and probably you know. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. I would say that yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not crazy about this song. It, Me there, either. There there aren't much meat to the lyrics, really. Right? It's probably it's my least favorite song on the album, but, yeah, it's, but it's, still, it's still a good enough song. It, I mean, is, it, it is. doesn't suck, but it's... It actually has also... Um, I want to make sure that I get this right. The intro bit reminds me of, of uh, John Cale's version of Pablo Picasso. Is that this? I think it's this song. Um, where it starts off with uh, just an E chord kind of drone thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's what that that reminds me a lot of that. <laughs> oh. 
Is but it, the Modern Lovers version, which we, of course, talked about last week, had not come out yet, but the John Cale version had. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. I, yeah. Remember, I remember seeing that. All right, uh, so we're all we're not crazy about no reason, so we come to song number nine. <laughs> we'll just skip right over that. Yeah, screw that. That's uh, <laughs> a little, song about... Little Hitler. A song about a penis. It, is oh, it? You think? Yeah, I think Little Hitler's his dick. <sighs> I was wondering that. I was, oh, that's, that's it. That's Good. my take on it. <laughs> it. It's kind of similar, actually, to the previous song lyrically, in that he's just—it's kind of like sort of a love, like a. Well, it, it, the interesting thing about it is, I was thinking, I was taking it as I was kind of imagining it might be about somebody for real oh, that he knew. Two, yeah, I think there's there's multiple layers of. But the thing I don't so it's basically a put down song is how I was thinking well, of it. Well, is he using it as like, a term of endearment? Is he calling someone like an ex girlfriend, little Hitler? I think so. Maybe an ex girlfriend, but then the weird thing is the weird part is when he says uh, uh, he implies that he's going to father a little Hitler of his own. He says, you know, when the seed yeah. is shot and sown, I'll make a little Hitler of my own. Oh right, what, which right, I don't. Right, which right. is strange, you know. It's like, <laughs> it is strange. This <laughs> is a strange. This is probably one of the strangest songs, and and it's mainly it's because of the title, what he decided to call it. You know, you call you call it that. Yeah, but maybe Barry's got something there with that interpretation. <laughs> well, the first verse. Where do you get that from? Little Hitler, what you doing? Is the passion inflamed again? And Little <laughs> Hitler, where you going? Is it go go night again tonight? So, hmm. I mean, you know, we're men. You know the deal. <laughs> Hmm. Well, we little are. Hitler, when he starts talking, at you, little, you know, right. you were slaves to that, 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 you know, that yeah, thing. Our, our little Hitler. Little Hitler. Uh, also, another, you know, it's an okay song. Not one of, not de- definitely not one of my favorites. No, it's on not there. the greatest on the record. And a year later, Elvis Costello released a song called Two Little Hitlers," <laughs> right. which is ironic because it's two littles and it's probably twice. I like it twice as much as this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. two little yeah, hitlers yeah. I like yeah. a lot more. Yeah. So, uh, but that, but uh, that's all right. It's fine. Yeah. And then we get into song number ten is "Nutted by Reality," which is a great great title for a song. And Nutted by Reality. Song, yeah. This song is so crazy because. It's a Jackson. It starts off as a Jackson Five song. Yes, it's, it's, it's like it, I want you back. Right? It is. Yes. It's a total Jackson yes. Five song, <laughs> and then it turns into a, a John Lennon song. Basically, yeah. the sound of it, it goes from a uh, uh, um, this total Jackson Five thing right into something where, like, you go, okay, imagine this on one of Lennon's solo records, and you'd be like, yeah, I can hear Lennon singing that. Uh, the the changes and stuff. Right, and then I guess it kind of gets back to the Jackson Five thing a little bit, but not totally. That it, there's sort of a, a break in the song. Oh yeah, it's definitely it was it's definitely it was two songs that he slapped together. Right. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's, it totally changes gears. Right, like right. completely changes. And lyrically, gears. it changes right. gears too because he starts it off does. talking about one thing, and in the middle, it becomes this totally different thing, like some guy that woke up from a dream. Well, the yeah. the, the opening thing, it's so weird. Yeah, it's a weird song. Well, I, I heard they castrated Castro. I heard they cut off everything he had. What a dirty, low-down thing to do to mess him up like now, that. Now, is that a real... I mean, maybe I was wondering, is that, did, did you find anything about... No, I, I, don't, I don't know what that's... <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's... it's referencing like a no. real thing. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Castro was actually Castro. Well, right. right. No. <laughs> as far as we know. But so this guy talks about being nutted by reality. So yeah. he's already he's a little bit nuts. He's already been messed with. Right. So and uh, and so they get to the Castro to Castro thing, uh, and then all of a sudden he'd been living in a different world. Right. And he was nutted by reality. It's like all of a sudden it switches gears musically. And lyrically, yes, yes, but it, but not in a way that's stupid. In a way that just is kind of like, oh, 
He just changed the channel within the TV of the song. Well, it's kind of like, and it's also kind of like coming up against the the slap of reality. And and I love the the nutted the phrase that that's so British. It, it's a British. Yeah. It's such a British thing to say yeah, yeah, yeah. nutted. But you could picture like a British yeah, guy yeah. saying that I was nutted by reality. And then the one of the great things I love about the song is the way it just ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well, jarring. One thing that I used to think that maybe connected the two parts was in the second part. There's the what's the line about. Uh, the, his sister yeah, yeah. that pissed him off and goes, I went and turned her over. I turned her over. Yeah. It, so that, it, to me, it made me think of somebody like, like a, like a, like a, like a, some sort of authoritarian government type of situation. And he's like turned her over to this, to the oh, secret police. I was wondering, yeah, cause there was, like dark, that. there was a little dark overtone to right, that whole thing so, with his sister. Yeah. So that yeah, sort of yeah. made me think of Castro that's dictator good, good. thing. So maybe there's some kind of a connection. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a cool, definitely a cool song. And now we get to a cover. Now, this is weird. It's a weird cover to have on this yeah, record, yeah. right? I think it's the weirdest song in the album. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. is. And why, first of all, all right, it's a song called 36 Inches High yeah. by a guy, Jim Ford, yeah. who was an American. He was an American singer-songwriter. Like, why is he covering a Jim Ford song? Yeah, well, uh, apparently, this, no, this guy was like a... he. He made an album. He was a songwriter. He had some success as a songwriter for other people. Right. Um, and uh, at some point, after his first album was made, I don't know how they hooked him up, but his manager sent him to England to record his second album with Brinsley Schwartz backing him up. Oh, okay. So, I, didn't, I didn't see that. So that's where I... Um, Gary, brought, Gary brought the goods. Brought yeah, because I knew nothing about this Jim Ford right, until right. I started looking him up. Uh, had you, well, had you guys sense. known? Did no, you either of you no, know anything never. about Jim I had Ford? Look him up Zero. and see. But that's all right. So that was where. So he probably, you know, was introduced to him, whatever, and said, "Oh, this yeah. is a cool song." This guy's so, yeah, yeah. so we need to go listen to the Jim Ford version of Thirty Six Inches. Yeah, it's out there. I, it's out there. I, I did. did I, listen I listened to it, and it's good. It's different. It's definitely different. It's weird because it's totally country. It's got like a steel guitar. Very country, and and I think the. One thing that I can think that drew Nick Lowe to it is that the words are weird. Yeah, it's and and, and he probably likes like he loves the wordplay and the whole wordplay yeah. uh, about the ruler. Yeah, he says so that once I was about, a ruler, but is but then he talks is about, that about like a small statue of a Confederate general on a horse. <laughs> I, it could be. It could like be a, like thirty six inches, like you know, like a Robert E. Lee statue that's like three feet tall. Gosh, I mean, it. Well, the the whole thing is sort of. Well, but it's just, it's like sort of like it ends up. The last verse is like a a, a punchline, right? Because the first two verses are about once I was a, a, a soldier, and he talks about things and it makes a sense. And I was a tax man, and he talks about things about being a tax man. And once I was a ruler, and he think he's going to talk about. Yeah. Right? Being yeah. a ruler, a king or something. Yeah, he was then, actually a ruler. Oh, yeah. yeah. 12 inches About long. 12 inches long. Three of me made a yardstick. <laughs> I see that now. It's a, it's a really weird song. It and actually, it's kind of weirder to hear the Jim Ford version because yeah. it's so straightforward as it a country is. song. Straightforward country song. You're until thinking, who, what country writer would write right, a song like utterly that? surreal ending to this song. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. And now we get the last song on this record is the first song on the British version on Jesus yeah. Cool, but I think it's much better as the last song. Yeah. Because this is a very cynical uh, music industry song, and it's oh, yeah. uh, music for money. Yes. Busking for bucks. <laughs> Greeding for greenies. <laughs> Singing for socks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,. Music for money, isn't it queer? Handsome promotion, no. Here. Music for money, 
Bleeding for bucks. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Quipping for rabble. Faking for fucks. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty cynical. <laughs> pretty cynical, A little bit. A little bit cynical. Muzak. Yeah, Muzak. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. This, the, uh, was, did he wrote this when he worked at UA? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know when it was... Uh, but I guess I guess he had, he had been around a long time. He played with Brinsley Schwartz, so he yeah, was probably you he'd know, seen it all. He'd seen it all, yeah. And and uh, it's funny, you know what I thought of in this song when we did this uh, the Smiths record and uh, that song, uh, <laughs> right. a paint a vulgar picture, <laughs> yeah. sort of the same thing, just like a vulgar picture right. of the music business. You right. know? This is another one where it's credited to just the only players are him and Steve Goulding. Oh, okay, and okay. What, one of the things that stands out with that song is the really odd backing vocal, right? That kind of comes in that oh, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. wavery, weird, right, fa- fades right. in and fades out. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah, it's a very, it's an odd tune. But, it, and I think, like I said at the beginning, basically Nicola recorded a bunch of singles kind of things, like AM radio singles. And so then what order do you put them in? And it becomes kind of arbitrary. And then if you have, Somebody who actually knows how to sequence a record, put it together, <laughs> you end up with pure pop for now people. Right. And if you have somebody who's like, would like Nick Lowe do it, he's like, oh, well, I fucked you, music industry. <laughs> I want that one first. Yeah. Send a yeah. copy to the guys at UA. <laughs> and it's funny because now it's actually hard to find this version. Like on Spotify, they only have Jesus of Cool. They right. don't have, because, I, I had to actually oh, make really? a, right. I had to actually make my own playlist, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. my That's pure what pop I did playlist, too. because right, uh, right, right. they do not have it. They, they don't, only have it's, the, uh, it's like it, it's like uh, those, um, you know, there's like the British and the Amer- American version of the Beatles records, right? Yes, it's probably right. some kids at uh, Spotify working there going, oh, we're going to do the British version. Well, British I, version. I think, well, that's what the CD version right. is Jesus that's of Cool. This, yeah. Jesus so the, the tracks that aren't on Pure Pop are among the bonus, bonus tracks. They're bonus on tracks the CD. on the later yeah. release. Okay. Right. So. All right. Well, there you go. We did it, man. We did um, Niccolo's uh, Pure Pop for Now People. We did. And uh... Gary we were, was a great guest. <laughs> oh, thank you. Man, this was yeah. fun. Uh, I was, it is good. It was. had a it good was time. Good. It was great. We've, had, we've been really lucky with uh, guests. Oh, that's we've the timer. Yeah, we have reached out. <laughs> Sorry, really? folks. That's all. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so how, what was so? What's our total time? How much time? We're gonna be a little. Don't over you worry about it. We'll be fine. Plus, we'll we have fine. to put in our promo for our fine, fine sponsor. That's right. We have a sponsor now. Oh, yeah, yeah. This we're tomorrow. Cooking. We're cooking. So next week, uh, next week we got another great guest. Oh my God! Uh, we got B Dog, Brandon Somdahl, Brandon Somdahl, and we're doing. Uh, what do you hear? What we're doing next week? I don't even know. If Gary even knows this record. Uh, Sabbath, uh, Adobe Sabbath. Oh yeah, Black Sabbath. Wow. <laughs> Going metal. Yeah, yeah, going metal. That's a, we don't give Sabbath, a Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, which first <clears throat> first time I heard that record, oh my God, my mind was blown. Yep. That's the first full-on metal record you guys have talked about, right? Yes. It's going to be the first one? I think it so. Is. It will yeah. be. Yeah. 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 I'm, a, I'm a big Sabbath Thank fan, you for, so. for yeah. being a uh, Yeah. A, See? I listener. pay attention. Yeah, no, Gary's a real listener. I That's listen. why you're on the show. Usually. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. until next week. Until next week, this is That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's a raw bell Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Thank you.